My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now. It's so refreshing to see a health and wellness brand only use clean, premium ingredients in its formulas to grow this quickly. Symbiotica's supplements are made with 100% clean, natural ingredients. There are no seed oils, fillers, additives, artificial ingredients, or natural flavors in their formulas. They come in this convenient pouch that is super easy to travel with, which is perfect for on the go. For men who want more energy, to build more muscle, to get better sleep, and to feel their best so they can perform their best, Symbiotica is for you. Since subscribing to Symbiotica, I felt more alert and energized. Mineral Shilajit is by far my favorite supplement. It's nutrient-rich, with over 84 essential vitamins that support overall health. This formula is great for men, as it can support reproductive health, boost testosterone, and support the body during stress. I think all men need to try Symbiotica. They are having an awesome promotion right now. You can get 15% off plus free shipping when you start a subscription. Head to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com and use code START for 15% off plus plus free shipping when you start a subscription. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata, joined by Joshua Houts. Our buddy Aaron Sutton is off tonight. He is not feeling well, or so he says. Um, we're not sure if he's just experiencing the off-season blues or if he's really sick. Uh, that is another conversation to be had when he returns. We will obviously contact our HR department, check on his policies, and make sure he does have sick days. Otherwise, we may be looking for a third host house in the next few weeks. I remember those days making up excuses. Uh, do better, Sutton. Come on, man. Honestly, though, feel better. We miss you, and we're going to kick ass either way. We love you, Sutton. Feel better. We're making it sound like he's terminally ill or something, and he's uh, yeah, he's on his deathbed. That deathbed. He's probably just having more kids with his wife, getting her pregnant or something. They probably scheduled it on the uh, calendar because her ovaries or whatever held, are populating. They held hands, and now twins. <laughs> All right. Um. The Dolphins are, are wrapping up another OTA session, and we're going to kick things off by talking about one of the greatest Dolphins players of all time, one of the most sensational Dolphins players of all time, one player who is always in the news um, when it when it comes to this, and a guy that's always stealing the headlines and the highlight reel, and that is none other than Devontae Parker. And yes, all that I said is true, but with the caveat, 
when it's time for OTAs. Because we all know over the past four or five years, Devontae Parker has been the absolute star of OTAs. If they had a ring of honor for OTAs, Devontae Parker would be in it. If they had a walk of fame for OTAs, Devontae Parker would be in it. If they had a Hall of Fame for OTAs, Devontae Parker would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The problem is, though, as we all know, OTAs don't count in the regular season. And every year, all of us say, is this the year for Devontae Parker? Is this the year he finally breaks free? And then the regular season begins, and he's either injured, he's not getting the ball, he's not doing things the right way. What gives? Houts, I know you've been a big fan of Devontae Parker through this OTA uh, miniseries that we've had the past few weeks. What are your thoughts on the man, the myth, the legend, and Devontae Parker? Yeah, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, I once made a fantasy trade in a standard keeper league. I traded DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, for Devontae Parker and Joe Mixon. And, yes, it's a standard league, so, I mean, Joe Mixon for Hopkins might not be terrible, but Devontae Parker has never lived up to his hype. Like you said, he's always been this guy that in OTAs, he's showing up, he's looking like the number one wide receiver, and then the games come on, and you know he has a lingering hamstring injury or he stubbed his toe and he wants to watch SpongeBob, whatever it may be. But this year does seem different. I mean, he went out there after he signed his new contract. Uh, a lot of people didn't think he was going to get that, that opportunity here in Miami. A lot of people didn't want him to get that opportunity here in Miami. But again, this is a guy who has all the potential, had all the potential in college to be a true number one wide receiver. You're starting to see these flashes during OTs, OTAs again. Yes, he's in shorts. But, I mean, that back shoulder, one-handed, he tried to grab with one hand, then he did the toe tap. I mean, that, that's what you want to see on game day. He was no out of bounds on that toe tap. You have to admit, he was out of bounds. I don't know. Did you see Did you see the comments? Because someone actually took a still frame, and it did looked they? like his toe. Yeah, someone took a still frame. It looked A lot of people were, oh, yeah, he was out. Someone took a still frame. It looked like both feet were in. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be a referee, but, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you want to see on game day. The Dolphins desperately need a number one wide receiver, so – if now's the time for him to come on, I think we'd all be happy, but we need to temper our expectations because, again, they're in shorts. It's only the second week of OTAs, and, and we've seen this before from Dante, Devontae Parker. Now, Devontae Parker has struggled, obviously, over the past few years since coming into the league as a first-round pick selected by Mike Tannenbaum when he uh, took over as basically general manager. Devontae Parker, since the year 2015 when he came to the NFL, has not had a receiving yardage season of over 744 yards that was in 2016 when he played in 15 games 2015 he played in 14 games 2017 played in 13 games 2018 played in 11 games now when you look at that though like he has a stigma for being injured but really is that much different than any other player in the nfl right i mean 2015 is rookie year 14 games there are a lot of players who miss at least one or two games 2016 15 games there are a lot of players who miss at least one game 2017, 13 games. There are a lot of players who missed three games. Now, 2018, 11 games. I will give, uh, I will take that. You know, I will say, okay, five games is a lot. But the other three seasons, I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, you, you get a little queasy there with 2017 with missing three games, but 2016 missing one game, 2015 missing two games. I don't think that's a huge issue. It just shows that he can fight through it. So, you know, what gets me is this. Okay, so he had 26 receptions year one, 56 receptions year two, 57 receptions year three, 24 receptions year four. Now, there was that game this past season where Devontae Parker absolutely lit it up. 
and that was against the Houston Texans. And we later found out he had 134 yards that game. We later found out that it was more so because he was being featured as a possible trade deadline target, which is just crazy in my opinion because, okay, you have a guy who you want to trade away, you know, because we know Adam Gase, and as he's doing in New York, just kind of messing up the entire place. You have a guy who has this all this talent. Then you feature him on a short week, and he absolutely balls out. And then he doesn't really do anything the rest of the season. And this was after, four days after, he was a healthy scratch. Absolutely insane. So has it been just a case of the coaches not using Devontae Parker the right way? Part of me feels like it is. Because I mean, if you could feature him in the office and make him your true number one receiver, and he has a fantastic game like he did against the Texans, why can't you do that every single week? I just don't get it. Yeah, I think uh, you naming off those number of games that he started in, I mean, that's pretty surprising to me. I mean, he has this stigma of being this injury-prone receiver, and you ran off those stats, and aside from that game, that season where he had what he played in, what, 11 games? I mean, he's been pretty consistent, and you do have to look at the coaching staff. You do have to look at Adam Gase's track record. He's absolutely destroying the New York Jets, which is a great, great thing. Uh, but Houston's defense is very, very good, and to see Devontae Parker go out there, and like you said, he balled out. He looked like a true number one wide receiver. Teams were somewhat interested in coming up on the trade deadline. I would if I was uh, Dallas. You know, you're getting ready to give Amari Cooper this huge contract. I, I mean, if you're in Dallas' shoes, would you not have wanted Devontae Parker? I mean, I think he can have that similar skill set. No, he's not Amari Cooper right now, but there's still time for him to finally turn it on. And again, with a new coaching staff, a New England-style offense, I mean, the sky's the limit for Devontae. But again, we needed to temper our expectations but it's just it's just baffling that for all these years we sit here and we talk bad about Devontae Parker. I mean, I at the beginning of the show when we first started talking about him, I talked about, you know, the toe injuries, the hamstring injuries, you know, wanting to watch SpongeBob. Didn't really seem to have that work ethic. Who's to say it wasn't the coaching staff? Who's to say they're not at fault? Because we saw what Adam Ga- Adam Gase did with the running backs. We saw how underutilized Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant were at the beginning of last season. He's had this stigma about him where he just thinks he knows everything and he thinks that he's better than everyone and has this uh this aurora about him you know where he thinks that he is mr know-it-all and we realize now that adam gase is not that man adam gase has faults like everyone else and maybe his faults are even more uh more than what we have but at the end of the day i think Devonte parker still has time to develop into a number one wide receiver I think in this offense with these weapons surrounding him, you know, you're bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who at times just says, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to throw this football up. Let my guy go out there and make a play. You saw him do it with Mike Evans last season. There's no reason why Devontae Parker can't be a Mike Evans. I think the sky's the limit for him. I think I I am one of the few people that might sit here and continue to defend him. I know I did last season. I'm going to do it again this season. These young players – all it takes is the right coaching staff for these guys to turn it on. That's the reason they should give Charles Harris an, an opportunity this year. You know, a lot of people are down on him, but who's to say he's not going to turn it on? So I don't think the the story's been written on Devontae Parker, but I do think he's on a short leash, and now is his time to ball out. If he can go out there and do this stuff on Sundays, uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to be a lot better off than they were last season. You said Devontae Parker can be like Mike Evans. You believe that? Yes. I mean, 
I, I'm a fantasy guy. You know, I'm pretty big on that. And if you look at Mike Evans' production, it fluctuates. Year One year he's up, one year he's down. One year he's up, one year he's down. So you got a guy who's, what, a number one receiver, averages about 1,000 yards a season, has had, uh, I mean, Jameis Winston, however you feel about him, Ryan Fitzpatrick, however you feel about him. I think that with the right coaching staff in this offense, I mean, you got other weapons out there. You got Kenny Stills who can take the top off defenses. You got those those quick, twitchy receivers underneath, like Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. You got these guys that can make plays underneath. Why can't Devontae Parker in single coverage on the outside go up there and make plays? I mean, uh, again, Adam Gase's offense, I don't think that should be an outlier for what Devontae Parker is. I think he still has potential. And, uh, I'll say it now, okay? He he can be the Miami Dolphins, Mike Evans. I'm gonna get killed for that, but but yeah, why not? I hope you get killed for that because he ain't nowhere close to Mike Evans yet. Does he have the potential? Maybe if the Dolphins use him the right way. I'm hoping that Chad O'Shea. We know Adam Gase didn't like to have a number one right receiver. Neither did Joe Philbin. Really odd. They like to spread the ball around, and I feel like you look at some of the best offenses in the league. They have that primary guy they can go to in crunch time, right? They have that guy they can lean on and count on when they need it the most, and the Dolphins have never had that. And maybe Parker can be that guy. Maybe he can be that guy if he is featured in the office as, offense as such and has the confidence to go out and do what he needs to do. We'll see. We'll see what happens this coming season. He's in a contract year, which also makes you a little you know, hesitant and whatnot. Um, you know, you, you want to see those guys perform not in a contract year because their motivation could solely be money. Then they get their big contract and they just go back to being the way they used to be. We'll see though. What we don't know also, and what we need to see is who is going to be throwing the ball to Devonte Parker. Is it going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick? And if so, I think they're going to ball out this year, those two, or is it going to be Josh Rosen? A guy who is, you know, has a nice deep ball, but more is that possession kind of guy type quarterback where he's throwing it to the receiver by the way i've had discussions over the past week about how to say quarterback and here we go quarterback did i just say it right can you do it one more time i i need to i need to hear it quarterback damn you got it i got it you can say quarterback you can finally say quarterback this is an amazing day you know i'm going to start saying, radio i'm going to start saying quarterback just to piss everyone off because someone you has should to i'm going to. so no more no more quarterback for me it's quarterback all right we got this fam okay um took you what 30 yeah. some years i'm proud of you it took, it took me 32 how old am i 32 33 i don't even know how old i am I was born in 86, so let me take out my calculator. 2019 minus 1986. 33, I think. Holy sh... Oops. You guys are all over than me. That makes me feel good. Man, I'm going to be 33 in September. I am old AF. That's not that old. No, it's not that old. But I could finally say quarterback. Yeah, if you were in the NFL, you'd be old as shit. We both would. (laughs) I'd be ready to retire right now. (laughs) My career would be over. Um. Yeah, so Josh Rosen, he's more of a guy who likes to throw it in the middle of the field. So I don't know if he's going to be the best quarterback for Devontae Parker. He might be, but I think Fitzpatrick will be better. But even this whole quarterback competition right now, right? Fitzpatrick's getting all the ones and OTAs and stuff. He's, he's starting with the ones. You got Rosen uh, hanging out with the backups and doing the second and third team guys. And, you know, is it all a show right now? Is it all a charade? Is it saying, okay, we made Josh Rosen earn this starting job? We're not just going to hand it to him. You have to feel for Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy comes in. 
He's bounced around all throughout the NFL. Um, he looked at his opportunities around the NFL, saw Miami did not have a legitimate starting quarterback, said, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to have a chance to start. And then during the draft, they trade for Josh Rosen. He knows that nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. He knows the NFL is a business. He understands that he will never be a full-time starting quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, it's just human nature. you got to feel bad for the guy. Nonetheless, though, the Dolphins had to do what's right for the organization and the team, and the right thing to do, no matter what, no matter how anybody looks in training camp or OTAs, is to start Josh Rosen week one because that is the whole purpose of this season is to figure out if Josh Rosen is your starting quarterback moving forward and he's the quarterback of the future. Because if you have all that in place leading up to the 2020 draft coming live to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, then you could use all of your draft picks, your treasure chose of draft picks, to then surround the team Surround Josh Rosen with a complement of skilled players, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. If not, then you have to use those picks, depending on what your record is, to trade up for a quarterback possibly or stand put, draft a quarterback, and then use those extra picks to draft uh, the team around your new quarterback. Hopefully you followed along there. But anyways, the bottom line is this. You need to start Josh Rosen week one, no matter how he looks in training camp and OTAs. And yes, that's going to hurt for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's kind of hinted as such that he understands that it may not be a fair quarterback competition. But for me, that's just the way the NFL goes. If the Dolphins don't know what they have in Josh Rosen by the end of the season, they have failed as a coaching staff and as an organization to really get this team on the right track and in the right direction. What are your thoughts, Houts? Yeah, and I don't think you owe anything to a 36-year-old guy. You know, he's been passed around from team to team. You know, at times he looks great. At times he doesn't. Uh, he came down here to Miami knowing it was going to be a quarterback competition. But I think I'm in the minority, you know, because the Miami Dolphins really don't have to go out there and start Josh Rosen from day one. I know I'll get killed for that, just like I will a Devontae Parker take. But the Dolphins buys in week five. And we know the way Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. He's probably going to have two or three good games, and then he's going to look like crap. And that would be the perfect time, you know, over that buy to get Josh Rosen ready to go to play the rest of the season. I mean, your ultimate goal is to find out whether or not he is the starting quarterback of the future. So uh, from week five on to week 17, I mean, he has the potential to go out there and show you what he can do. I think if it is a true competition, it's really going to come down to the wire. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has every bit of a chance as Josh Rosen. But then to play devil's advocate, I mean, if Josh Rosen is the guy you just gave up a second and a fifth round pick for, if he's the potential franchise quarterback that I think he is, that we think he is, and we've talked about this, for the last year, you know, we we talked about leading up to last year's draft. We talked about it leading up to this year's draft, you know, about the potential trade. I mean, we think Josh Rosen can be a franchise caliber quarterback. I think he was a top three quarterback in the 2018 draft. So I do think the potential is there. If he is that good, if he is the future of this franchise, there is no reason why he cannot put a 36-year-old quarterback into his grave, you know, sort of speak, make him the backup, make him your backup. Go out there, take this offense by the nuts and show that you are a franchise quarterback. I think if Josh Rosen is going to be, you know, our our savior, you know, the quarterback that this team has long yearned for since Dan Marino retired, if he is that potential potential quarterback, then he has to beat Ryan Fitzpatrick and he has to be the starter day one. I mean, I think there's no other way to look at it. But at the same time, if Ryan Fitzpatrick does beat him out, I think sooner than later, Josh Rosen will get his chance. And at the end of the day, all you want to do in 2019 is obviously see growth in your young players, watch his team develop throughout the weeks. But if you can get a good evaluation on Josh Rosen heading into that 2020 draft when you said it, they have a plethora of picks. The 2020 draft has four or five franchise quarterbacks that many people would have probably taken over half the quarterbacks selected in the first round this year. Uh, so I think you have to get that evaluation. But again, Josh Rosen should absolutely beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick if he is what we think he is. Now, we also need to figure out who they're going to be handing out the ball to. 
And there was a big argument on Dolphins Twitter on Thursday morning about Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake. And uh, I know how you are pretty involved in that. I think you actually may have started it. So why don't you just lead us into that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I say some outlandish things on Twitter, try to have fun. And you say and, some you know, outlandish things on Finsider Radio, too. Yeah, it's kind of just who I am. But I, I try to get <laughs> ruffle some feathers and try to make light of situations. You know, I, I said that I wish Twitter to make a uh, update their app so I could reach my hand through their computer and slap the, the <laughs> yeah, saw that. yeah, slap the crap out of people that said Balaj is better than Drake. I mean, to me, you can have both running backs. You know, Balaj is the thunder, Drake's the lightning, but Drake can also be that runner inside the tackles. I don't think that's what's best for him. But I mean, Kenyon Drake averaged seven and a half touch uh, carries last year as a as a running back. Yes, he made plays in the receiving game. You know, he is a pass catcher out of the backfield. I think he does that a lot better than Balage, but there's no reason why both these guys can't get their their due next season or this coming season. But I think Kenyon Drake, I mean, you owe it to him. I mean, yes, this is a New England style offense. Yes, we know what they do up there. You know, Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, you know, the list goes on and on. They they give their they they make they find ways to get the ball in those guys' hands. But Sony Michelle had a heck of a lot of touches towards the end of the year. You know, he was that bell cow, and there's no reason why Kenyon Drake can't get 15 plus carries and five or six receptions every game. And I think that's in this coaching staff's best interest. You know, for as dumb as it sounds, I mean, who were the two jerseys that this team leaked? They they showed everyone these white throwbacks, got everyone super excited. There were two jerseys that leaked. One was Minka Fitzpatrick, who was, uh, you know, hands down the future of this defense. You know, I think he can be better than Xavier Howard. There's another hot take. I think he's going to be the best (laughs) player on this defense for many, many years. And, you know, they sent, they showed his jersey. That was the first one you get. Who was the other one? Kenyon Drake. You see the official Twitter account. You know, they're tweeting out Kenyon Drake stuff. You know, he went out there and said, I don't care how many carries I get as long as the team gets wins. Is that not what you want to hear from your franchise running back? I mean, I know he's coming up on a new contract. I know running backs do not get paid nowadays. But this isn't a guy that seems to be a JHI who thinks he's worth top five running back money just to have his bone-on-bone knee explode. So I think Kenyon Drake deserves the touches. Uh Personally, I'm going to stay away from him in fantasy football, and I'm going to stay away from all these running backs. Again, if you're in fantasy football, avoid the Dolphins' backfield like the plague. But I do think Kenyon Drake has that potential to be a three-down running back, but you don't need him to be because, again, you got Kalen Balaj, you got Mark Walton, possibly, you know, you got Kenneth Farrow, you got Miles Gaskin, you got these other guys that can get touches. But I think Kenyon Drake should be the focal point of that running back room. And anyone that thinks Kalen Balaj is a better running back because, you know, he came out of the of OTAs with his shirt, his sleeves rolled up, and you saw some veins in his arms. I mean, that's just dumb. I don't think he's the Dolphins' halfback one. I think that's uh, I think that's Kenyon Drake, and I think he deserves his load this season. I feel like the Dolphins' backfield is going to be just like the Patriots' backfield. You never, never know who's going to get the ball when, and you know in the Patriots' backfield, uh, yeah, Sonny Michelle was kind of the lead back, but really – they spread it out a lot, and I do believe that Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj will both get their fair share of carries. Very rarely do you see in the NFL these days a one running back show, right? There are very few exceptions to that rule. Mo- many of them go to the two running backs. So, you know, for me, this is a non, non-conversation, non but I did need to address it. I know it was a hot topic among those on Dolphins Twitter. When you say starting running back, it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, that's just me. Yeah, and even in years past, I mean, we did not have this New England coaching staff who has, you know, history shows that that's the way they they feed their running backs. I mean, we haven't had that, and they've still done the same thing. Frank Gore's corpse got 
how many he got a bulk of the carries last year. He was the the Dolphins' number one running back when you look at the carries. But statistically, you know, he had one touchdown to Kenny Drake's what nine. Uh, I I just don't see why they won't spread it out when they have that many mouths that can. I mean, Miles Gaskin, he was a seventh round pick, and this guy's got explosive potential that I think this coaching staff's going to utilize. Mark Walton broke free of a freaking taser. You know, the cops tried to taser this guy, <laughs> and he ripped it off and just kept running. I mean, those those are the kind of guys you give carries to regardless of who your starter is. So as much as I love Kenyon Drake, as much as I think he is the best running back on the roster, there's going to be other mouths to feed, and I think this coaching staff has shown, assuming that they're bringing in that New England-style offense, which we all think they are, that same mentality. And, and you just look around the NFL. I mean, every every team is doing this. You know, maybe Zeke Elliott is the – is the you know the unicorn of the bunch maybe Saquon Barkley but most teams are feeding multiple running backs so it's going to happen it's bound to happen but when you put Kalen Balaj versus Kenny Kenyon Drake it's going to Kenyon Drake every time for me yep absolutely anything else else before we wrap up the show no man I just want to say something hope you get better yeah we're doing big things better. at Pro we're Football Network you a, if you, we're gonna send him a fruit basket I, I got to give a shout out to Pro Football Network things are you know business is booming we just had tony pauline big things are coming so if you're not following pro football network get on that now fantasy's getting ready to drop gambling's getting ready to drop every day people are reaching out trying to become part of this network uh big things are coming but for all your miami dolphins coverage keep it here at the finsider keep listening to us at finsider radio because you know the miami dolphins may not be a you know all these analysts are saying it's the worst team in football i don't see that i think you know, you got these guys with Toa as their as their Twitter av- avi. That's not going to happen, guys. I, I don't care if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. We can get over this tank stuff. Look at those other quarterbacks in the first round if you want a quarterback because you're not getting the first pick no matter how bad this team is. The Cincinnati Bengals are worse. The New York Giants are worse. There's other teams that are worse than the Miami Dolphins. Enjoy the season. You know, don't sit there and root for losses. Hope that Josh Rosen's a guy because, like you said, there's a treasure trove of picks next year, 120 plus million dollars in cap space, two two picks in the second, third, fourth, and fifth round. I mean, why would you not want Josh Rosen to be that starting quarterback so you can use those picks to build around him and be a real contender in 2020? It just doesn't make sense to me. Enjoy football. Uh, enjoy the offseason, honestly, because in a couple months, we're all going to be very angry, very sad, and uh, go Dolphins. You couldn't have said it any better, my friend. That's going to do it for us here on a Finsider Radio For Joshua Houts, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Yeah.
Cause we're the Miami Dolphins 